Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 597, almost to 600 for June 14th, 2019. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz with Programming by Stealth, installment 80 of X. We're getting there, Bart. We're getting there. Is that, that, it's a round number. It doesn't, I don't think it's a special one you celebrate. Not yet. We might have to celebrate 100, though. Maybe it's something in octal or something. We should look that up. Yeah. Well, before you get started, I wanted to say one thing that really, really surprised me. I have uh, been working like crazy on my game, even though we didn't have homework. I had so much fun with it. I kept working on it. And cool. uh, I put it on my website, so I had a URL to it, and I've been showing it to people on my phone. And I just kind of, it, it's also kind of a kind of a dorky thing just to go, look, I'm a, I'm a developer. I made a game. But the funniest thing has happened is I wanted people just to see it, and I thought they'd push the button once or twice. They always want to play until they win. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Uh, human psychology, I, I'm sure I'd be the same. You, you got to see what happens when you win. I guess so. I, I forced it on Tom Merritt at the DTNS meetup uh, last week and or this weekend. Uh, and I asked him about that. I said, I just wanted you to see it, not not to actually play it. He goes, well, it must be a good game then. And I said, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've hit on something deep. Maybe that's why Farmville yeah, and stuff make a fortune. All right, I didn't want to derail us too much on that, but I was just—I uh, just thought that was a funny little, a funny little thing. No, I like it actually. It's an interesting little insight into humanity there. I, I really like actually that you're having so much fun with with the, with the game assignment because it—that was—I was always hoping we'd get to a point where you. I'd spark you off and you just run. <laughs> that is and that is definitely you're happened. running. I've I've been doing things you haven't even taught me to do, which is uh, I think where you wanted us to go, right? You didn't want us to be able to replicate what you had done for us, but to learn how to learn, to learn how to research, to learn how to find uh, libraries to use, and yes, exactly, exactly, and you know to to be able to understand, to be able to make good Google searches and understand the results when you find them, you know, to, yeah, you know, to, to be able to search for something and, and, you know, get a link to Stack Overflow and, and be able to grok what they're telling you to do and, you know, figure out problems, take an error message, turn it from an error message into a solution, etc. So and you're clearly doing that because you're using entire third party libraries Yay. I've never even heard of. Yeah, been a lot of fun. All right. Well, we should probably get stuck in because I think we've got quite a bit to do here, but... Uh... I'm looking forward to it. We have one concept. <laughs> it's it's kind of atomic, so there's no there's no way to do it other than in one byte. And I don't know if this is going to work out like recursion, where I thought it was going to be really difficult, and you were like, <laughs> "Oh, that's fine," or the opposite of that. Um, I will say that if you're confused, don't feel ah. bad. Everyone is the first time they meet okay. promise chains. Um. And I think the only way to, at some point it will click and uh, hopefully practical examples will help. And so don't feel bad if if, if it gets okay. a bit hairy because it's just, there's a lot of potential for confusion. Anyway, um, as a reminder, before we get stuck into the new stuff. So last time we met the concept of a promise, which is an object to represent the output of some kind of asynchronous action. And it has a life cycle. So it starts off unresolved. It doesn't know what it's going to become. I like to think of it as an IOU. 
Um, and then at some point it will resolve. And depending on how things went, it will either, re- we call it resolving when it becomes a successful result, or we call it rejecting when things go horribly and wrong. And it can only do one but or the other, I promise, right? starts off unresolved. Yeah, exactly. So you always start unresolved and you will end either resolved or rejected. So a promise, a single promise will never be in more than two states for its life. But, you know, so it's unresolved to resolved or unresolved to rejected. And once you have resolved or rejected, that's it. That's your state. You ask somebody to the prom, they're either going to say yes or no. They're not going to leave you hanging to, uh, to find out. Well, actually, they might leave you hanging before you find out the yes or no. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if if the browser decides to have infinite patience, which browsers generally don't, so the browser will eventually time out your asynchronous action, and eventually it will uh, it will reject the promise. Well, that's yeah. Usually, usually the promise will end up getting rejected eventually. But of course, you could just be impatient. So I guess it is possible to cut a promise <laughs> off midstream and have it never resolve or reject, just kill it. But you know, anyway. Um. The the value it gets when it when it decides what it is, it holds on to that value forever. So it's not ephemeral. It's not like a callback where it happens and then if you didn't do something, that's it. You've lost it. The promise for as long as you have that promise stored in a variable that you can access, you can continue to ask the promise over and over and over again for its value, and it will continue to give it to you. Whether it was you know I succeeded or I failed, it will it will just hang around and you can keep you can keep using that promise until you stop does, having it in a variable. Does the value of the promise change or it stays the same? Nope. Now, once it has resolved or okay. rejected, that is it. It okay. is now fossilized. Okay. And it will stay there until you until no variable okay. points at it. Um, so it's it's not ephemeral. Whatever the opposite of ephemeral Permanent. is. Permanent. Permanent. I'm not sure what maybe. the opposite is. Anyway. Yeah. To get our value out, then, we use the dot then function. And the dot then function takes one or two callbacks. Um, the first one will be executed as soon as possible on resolution. And the second one as soon as possible on rejection. So obviously only one of these two will ever get executed because a promise will either resolve or reject. And when I say as soon as possible, what I mean is if you call dot then when the promise has already resolved then it will just happen immediately because it doesn't have to wait. I already know what I'm going to become because I've become it. But if you call dot then before it's resolved, nothing will happen until it resolves. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And that's sort of where we left our story last time. What we didn't talk about was the return value that dot then provides us. And it turns out that return value is really important. And this entire episode is about that one return value. Really, everything comes down to what does dot then return? And oh my goodness, does that open up many, many, many avenues of Because we didn't actually have ours return last time, right? Yeah, we just ignored the return value. There was no equal sign to the left of it. We just let it vanish into the ether and left it at that. Okay, so before we get stuck in, um, there is an example file called pbs80a.html sitting in this installment zip file. 
And in there I have, it's designed to be interacted with via the console and I've popped a bunch of useful variables in there so that we can copy and paste the examples from the show notes into a something. Um, And the reason for the variables is to make the examples a little bit shorter and easier to read so that we can focus on the important bits. So uh, for now, the, the, the important things are we have two variable names we're going to use over and over again. So I've declared them once so we don't have to keep declaring them. Uh, they're original promise and change promise. Thank you for using such descriptive variable names. I think I'll be able to keep track of those. I spent a lot of time <laughs> thinking about those, actually. No, seriously, because it, it, as we'll see in a moment, there's promises everywhere here. And if I just, I had to pick a naming convention and stick to it religiously. And I'm hoping I didn't trip up, but I certainly tried to be 100% consistent so that I wouldn't get confused. Any more confusing than it needs to be. <laughs> unnecessary confusion. There is confusion, right. just unnecessary is what you're avoiding. Yes, it is as simple as it okay. can be, but All no right. simpler. And then also we have our two callbacks from last time. I just copied and pasted those from the previous um, example file. Resolved callback, which is just a function that console.logs. Yay, the promise resolved to the value, followed by the value. And rejected CB, which is sad face. The promise rejected with, and then whatever value so, uh, rejected back, with. And so we can just back use on your those. Variables, though, uh, the two variables, original promise and chain promise, you already set them to null, correct? I set them to null okay. so that we set to something. Okay, good. Which is basically nothing. So it's kind of an interesting something, but yeah. I, I just, I never like having var name a variable semicolon. My brain yeah. says no. Okay, okay. I have thought about that. Like, do I set it to zero? Do I set it to double quotes? Do it, but null, I like that. Does that mean something else? Yeah. A null means an object that is nothing. And since promises are objects, null seems like the best okay. non-promise. That's just, I mean, it's arbitrary, right? That's just my my proclivities there. That's just my my little weirdness. Because you could, like, if you just say var original promise semicolon, then you've said the variable exists and set it to the value okay. undefined. <laughs> that just seems weird to me. Right. So I, I just don't do it. Okay. The file then provides a function we're going to make use of called promised confirm. Hmm. And this is a function which imitates the standard windows.confirm dialog box. Uh, but instead of using that horrible JavaScript pop-up thing that's so annoying, it uses a nice bootstrap modal. And instead of waiting for the user to click yes or no and doing completely blocking I.O., which is what window.confirm does, it holds all a script execution until the user clicks yes or no or OK or cancel. This one immediately returns with a promise. So that's why it's called promised confirm. Um, the the function, the, sorry, the, that promise that it returns will then resolve when the user clicks either cancel or OK. So until the user clicks cancel or OK, the returned promise will be unresolved and then it will resolve or reject depending on what the okay. user does. Um, so this function accepts three arguments. The text to put into the little pop-up that comes up. So basically the question you're asking. The value the promise should resolve to when the user clicks OK is an optional second argument and the default being the very sensible true. And the third argument, also completely optional, is the value the promise should reject with if the user clicks cancel. And the other sensible default is false. So in other words, if you just pass it one argument, it'll put up your text. If the user clicks 
OK, then the promise resolves to true. And if the user clicks cancel, the promise rejects to false. OK. Which is basically, you know, the, the window.confirm returns true or false. So in this case, we're just promising true or false. You mean promise.confirm? Uh, we can see confirm. this in action by copying in. You said window.confirm returns, but you meant promise.confirm promise is what you're using, right? No, no, no. I was right. Window.confirm window returns true or false, and confirmed promise resolves to true or rejects to false. Okay, that, I missed it. So I'm saying it's similar to how... Window.confirm is not inside. We can't see promised confirm this function. We don't see it yet in, in the show notes. So are you saying window.confirm is inside that, that function? No, no, I'm saying window.confirm is the standard JavaScript feature for doing a pop-up. Try it there in your browser. Just type type into the terminal window.confirm. It's the same as windows.alert. You'll recognize it straight away. Give it a, okay. any argument right. you like. Boogers. And then it comes back true. So, Or false, depending on which button you click. So we're simulating window.confirm, but instead of doing it the non-promised way, which is what window.confirm does, I'm saying we're doing the same okay. thing, but with a promise. So because window.confirm returns true or false, I'm promising true or false. I see. Similar is all I'm okay. saying. I'm trying to ask questions uh, a I'm little more often because I know not... I'm going to get stuck later. So if I skip something, I know I'll be doomed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's important we keep up on this one because it is meaty. Um, just to say, I am intentionally not showing you the content of Promise Confirmed. It's in the file. If you, If anyone wants to read ahead... By all means, you're welcome to. You're, it's not rocket science, but it shows you how to make a promise as opposed right. to how to use a promise. To and I don't intend on going there for a while because making promises is something you actually don't do very often. You generally speaking use promises given oh, to you okay. by APIs. And as much of a head wrecker as using <laughs> promises can be, making promises is even so more of I a head bless twister. you for leaving it out of the show notes. Yeah, we will get there someday. Not today. <laughs> so I'm just describing what it does. So like like with jQuery, I have never lifted the hood on jQuery to show you how it works mm. under the hood. We just know that if we put this argument in, it'll do that thing. And so I'd like you to treat promise confirm as just it takes three arguments and it does this. Gotcha. So if you copy and paste uh, the code snippet there, promise confirm dot then resolved CB rejected CB, then you can see what happens. And so if you click, say, cancel, you'll see it, the sad face, the promise rejected with false. And if you run it again and click OK, you'll see the happy face, promise resolved with true. Yes. And you'll notice nothing happens until... Actually, just bring bring the window up again. Uh, nothing... The promise hasn't resolved or rejected, right? But you're still free to use that terminal. This hasn't locked up your browser window. You could do a window.alert, say. You could do anything you like, really, in there while that dialog is up. And it will, the browser is still fully functional, right? This isn't locked up, whereas it would be locked up if we were using the old non-promise window.confirm. So this is nice and asynchronous. And then whenever you get around to it at your lazy leisure, click the button and hey, press okay. the window resolver. Okay, all right. So it's truly asynchronous. So you have this this promise function, promise confirm, and you said dot then, and then the two arguments you gave it, you told it what to do when resolved and what to do when rejected. Okay. Precisely. 
And those are our two functions we described up above when we were right. describing the utilities. So you can see them there. They're just console. We're 5% in. I am not lost yet. Brilliant. Okay. So they, these are the okay. tools in our toolbox. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at the value returned by dot then. Uh, and I will just mention, remember last time I said that if you want to use dot then, but you only want to give it a callback for what to do when things go horribly wrong, instead of using the two argument dot then, you can use the one argument dot catch. It's just a, it's just a synonym for using dot then with only the second argument. I'm just mentioning it because we mentioned it last time. I never <laughs> use dot catch in real life, okay. but it exists. Uh and it behaves exactly the same. You did skip over something in your show notes. You said there's a possibility of three arguments passed to promise confirm? Yes. Well, no, I did go through them there. So the, the first argument is a message. The second optional argument is the value to resolve to if the user clicks OK, which defaults to true. And the third argument is the value to reject with if the user clicks cancel. So there is another example with all three arguments, which instead of resolving to true it resolves to yes please because the question is would you like a slice of cake um, and if you click cancel it rejects with no okay is it super important i understand this one because this it, one didn't I mean, actually okay then moving really. on <laughs> i picked yes to the cake it's just basically if you don't want true or false you oh, can I have what whatever you okay. like okay okay i got you Um, okay, so let's get straight to the one sentence that arguably sums up the entire show, <laughs> and then we can go home. A promises that then function always returns a new promise. Ah. So dot then you call dot then on a promise, and then you get back a whole fresh hmm. promise. Okay, there is a little bit more to it than that, of course. So this new promise, its fate is now intertwined with the first promise. So it becomes a dependent on, it's never going to, the new promise cannot resolve or reject until the original one does either. So it's it's waiting on the result of the first one in the, above it in the chain for okay. one of a better description. And it will not do anything until that one has okay. resolved or rejected. So there's now going to be two promises in our discussion, which is the potential is very confusing. So I am making a pact with you that I have a naming convention to avoid confusion. The original promise I am going to call original promise. It, so the chained promise is going to be the result of calling dot then on that original okay. promise. I'm going to refer to the first argument to dot then as the resolved callback because that's the callback that result that that executes when the original promise okay. resolves. So resolved callback seemed like a sensible name. And I'm going to call the second argument rejected callback, which is a callback that runs should the original promise reject. So if you put that into pseudocode, const chained promise becomes equal to original promise dot then resolves callback comma rejected callback. Thank you for nice long variable names that say what they say. Even even using CB would slow me down in understanding by having it say resolved callback. I'm still with you. You haven't lost me. Okay. So original promise is always going to be 
the, the first link in the chain and chained promise is the next link in the chain. And if you imagine we're going to start stringing these together, because that's how chains work, but let's not break your head just yet. <laughs> you will break my head, just not yet. So the two promises become intertwined because of how they're created, right? So original promise you've gotten from somewhere. Maybe you made an Ajax request. Maybe you used my uh, promised confirm function. Doesn't matter. You have a promise. You call dot then on that promise with you know, up to two callbacks. And that makes for you a new promise, which we're calling the chained promise. So the fate of the chained promise is determined by the behavior of whichever one of those two callbacks actually executed. Right. right. Okay. So those two callbacks are in control of the chained promise. Okay. Which means that the timing of the chained promise entirely depends on the original because those callbacks don't happen until the original promise resolves or rejected. So when the original promise resolves or rejected, the two callbacks then happen. Sorry, one of, exactly one of those callbacks will happen because the promise will have done one or the other. There's no quantum physics here, no superposition state. It was either good or bad. There is no grey area. There is no in-between here. It's a very simple universe we live in here. So the original promise resolves or rejects. One of those two callbacks executes. And what they do will determine the fate of the chained promise. They're in full control of what happens to that chained promise. And whatever that is, it won't happen until the first promise has resolved or rejected. So causality flows down through a promise chain. Nothing will happen the later promises until all the earlier promises have either you know, gone well or badly. But they will not resolve or reject until the ones above them have. Okay. So there's okay. a causality there. And the thing that's in control. So the then function effectively acts like a transformation mechanism, transforming the result of one promise into the next promise. So how does it control... Now, the first thing to say is that whichever one of the two callbacks is the one that runs, the rules are identical. It's not that there's one set of rules if it's success, sorry, if it's resolved, and a different set of rules if it's rejected. The rules are the same, which is wonderfully symmetric, and I like that so much. So you know one of those two callbacks is going to execute, and it doesn't matter which one, the rule is this. If the callback that ran returns a value, then the chained promise will resolve to that value. So the act of returning signals success and what to resolve to. So the word resolve, this phrase resolve to, what do you mean it'll resolve to that value? Okay, so the chained callback is a callback. So it has its life cycle. So it starts off unresolved. Is that not what I said? Okay, I made that typo 20 million (laughs) times and fixed it every time. You can't stop it in your head, right? It's clearly in there somewhere. Please correct me because it is massively confusing. Okay, start again. Okay, so the chained promise is a promise. So that means it has a life cycle. So it starts off unresolved. It it is an IOU. It doesn't know what it's going to be. So it has a resolved callback. 
and it remains it an IOU callback and a rejected callback itself. It has though. It it has no. The promise doesn't right. The, the callbacks oh, are part of right, dot right, then. Right, right, right. Okay, good. I'm glad I asked that. Okay. Yeah. So the dot then is connecting okay. the two. So it's sort of the halfway house between them, right? right? It it belongs to the original callback and it produces the chained callback. So it's the bridge that connects the two callbacks to, uh, the two promises together. Okay. So there's only one connection okay. between those two. Right. Okay. So Okay. The instant let's let's start right back at the beginning. So that one line of pseudocode, chained promise becomes equal to original promise dot then, resolved callback, comma, rejected callback. At the moment we execute that command, we'll assume that the Ajax call has taken some time to execute or whatever. So at that instant in time, both promises are unresolved. They both exist and they are both right. unresolved. At some point in time, the original promise will resolve because the Ajax call will return or the user will click OK on my function, whatever. Something will happen to make the original mm-hmm. promise resolve. At that point, you know that exactly one of the two callbacks will execute. Right. Also at that point in time, the nope, chained nope, callback the is promise. still un... Thank you. The chained promise is still unresolved. Oh. Why? Okay. Because it doesn't know what to do yet, because it's going to be told what to do by the two oh, okay. by the callback. So at the moment the callback is about to start, the change promise does oh, not oh, know oh, what I'm it will sorry. become. Right, right, right. But as soon as the the, right. the the dot then either resolves or rejected, whatever was in that callback will then become equal to or the change promise will become equal. It will determine the fate it will determine the fate of the chained promise. So, regardless of which one of the two of them runs, if whichever one of them gets to run returns mm-hmm. something, anything, that triggers the chained the callback to resolve, resolve to that chained <laughs> promise. Damn it! That triggers the chained promise to resolve okay, to that so value. If, if the resolve callback is the string Bob... Original promise dot then if it resolves instead of rejects it'll return Bob so therefore change promise will become equal to Bob. Change yeah change promise will, will resolve. resolve to Bob if you said return it will Bob resolve at the end to of Bob. The, it will resolve it will go from being unresolved to resolved with the uh, value Bob that's or so boogers or whatever. Interesting because I just want to say it'll it becomes equal to but it's important that it resolves to because it's not resolved until then. It resolves to because that determines which callbacks, if we ever do a dot then on the chained promise, because there's no reason you can't do a dot then on that promise because it's just a promise. So you can have dot then, dot then, dot then, dot then, dot then. So if your chain has 10 links, you have 10 dot thens. All right. That's why it's called chaining, right? But don't jump ahead to 10 yet. Let's stick to to 2 for now. Because the logic is the same, right? Whether you're connecting 2 or 10, the logic is the same. So if... If the... Right. If the callback returns, then the chained promise resolves. So or, or. 
right? I want you to remember that. Return means okay. resolve. Or, okay. or. The other thing that can happen, or rather the other thing you as a developer can make happen, is you can throw an error. If inside whichever callback runs, you throw an error, then you are deciding the fate of the chained promise the other way. That causes the chained promise to reject to the error you threw. Hmm. Okay. So if you return, the chained promise resolves to whatever you returned. If you throw an error, in other words, if you say, something's wrong, auga, auga, well, the obvious response then is reject. And you reject to the error that was thrown. Huh. So that is the only two things that can happen. You either return to resolve or throw to reject. That makes sense. And that's Okay, we're done. Good. Well, Bart, it's been fun. To be honest, we are, except what we haven't looked at is the implication of this simple statement. This sounds like there's not much happening here, but it implies oh so much. It's like E equals MC squared. Oh yeah, three letters. Energy becomes equal to, (laughs) not becomes equal to, the energy is equal to. (laughs) I'm doing too much programming. It's all Jill's fault. Uh, Technically speaking, it should be a double equals. If it was programming, it would be a double equals. Energy is equal to mass times the speed of light squared. Oh, that's very simple, Bart. I don't know what energy is. I know what the speed of light squared is. That sounds easy. But the implications are black holes and wormholes and things. <laughs> I hope it'll be easier than that, but okay. So that's not obvious. So to the rest of this installment is the oh, black great. holes and wormholes and things. Let us start by proving to you what I said to you in English okay. in JavaScript. Now, please do not click any buttons until I tell you to. We are going to build ourselves a we promise chain. So I'd like you to copy and paste in. So we're in the show notes in the section starting basic promise chain example. So the first code snippet in that section is just straightforward. Original promise becomes equal to promise confirm. And I didn't even bother giving it any arguments. We're going to take all the defaults because it doesn't really matter. So when you hit enter on that, it should pop up the little dialog box and it says resolve the promise question mark and you have an OK and a cancel button. Please click okay. neither of them. This promise exists now, but its state is unresolved. It doesn't know what it is. We're going to leave it unresolved. We're going to leave it stewing in limbo. And meanwhile, we're going to make a chained oh, promise. before we resolve original promise. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Basically, the great thing with promises is it doesn't matter when you do these things because they're because they're the opposite of ephemeral. Yeah. Timing is irrelevant, okay. which is why they're so powerful. So we're now saying that chained promise becomes equal to original promise dot okay. then. So we are now taking the return value of that dot then and shoving it into chained promise, which is something we All have right, never right. done. Before. Well, you did it in your in your pseudocode. Yes, but you didn't make it actually go, right? This is real code this time. So there are two arguments to this dot then, both functions, a resolved callback and a rejected callback. So what does a resolved callback do? It it console.logs the original promise resolved with, and then the name I gave the first argument, 
which was original data, which I'm hoping Thank you'll you praise very me for. much. So it logs what it got in, and it returns something else. It returns, I am new data. Can I ask a dumb a question? String. Where did it get original data? Is that something inside your promise that we don't know, need to know about? Okay, so at the point when the promise resolve, when the promise ceases to be unresolved, it will resolve or reject with a value. And you've and that value will be passed you, as the so first argument. in your promise somewhere, you're going to spit something out that will go into original data. Got it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. In this case, the very boring okay, true good. or false. But mm-hmm. it will be a something gotcha. from the promise. Remember, the promise is an IOU for a something. Here it is. The rejected callback names its one and only argument original error because that's seemed like a sensible name because if if we reject if the if the original callback if the original promise rejects then whatever it rejected with will be passed as the first argument to the rejected callback so we're calling it original error and then we cons oh no sorry was i stepping i just said okay okay uh, the original promise rejected, w- sorry, at console.logs, the original promise rejected with, and then whatever original error is. And then at throw new error, with the wonderfully imaginative a new error. So again, it logs what it gets in, and it throws something new. So if we now copy and paste all of this into a terminal, again, nothing obvious will happen. Right, because we haven't gone anywhere yet. We haven't, we because haven't. Resolved. We haven't gone anywhere. So at this point in Ooh, time... promise status pending. The original promise... Is what it says in my console. Yeah, that's the console echoing back the return value, which is potentially confusing, oh. but I'm not mentioning it because that's just the console echoing back okay. the value it got. Like, if you say x becomes equal to 4, oh, it'll okay. echo back 4. It's, anyway. Um, at this point in time, there now exist two promises... The original promise is still there. It's still in limbo because we still haven't clicked that button. It has no idea what's going to happen to it. The chained promise now also exists and it is also in limbo. Waiting on the outcome of the first. So we now have two promises in limbo. Let's add a dot then onto the chained promise so that we actually see some output when all this finally finishes. We are chaining like crazy here. So I'm now going to say chained promise dot then and I'm just going to pass two extremely simple callbacks here the first one uh, it's I have named the argument chained data because it will be whatever data gets handed to it from the mm-hmm. original promise console.log the chained promise resolved with chained data and the rejected callback shockingly, is console.log the chained promise rejected with, and I named my argument chained error. Okay. So if we copy and paste that in too, we now have two promises, and we didn't save the outcome of that dot then, but the callbacks are attached, so they will execute the first moment they can. They didn't execute yet, because all the promises are in limbo. So let us... We're about but to unleash the I Kraken. To, right? Do you We're want me about to try to, to see if I know what's going to happen or if I can say it? 
Yes, please. Right. Actually, that would be good. So we have our uh, original promise, and it's sitting there waiting for OK or cancel. And if I click OK, it should return uh, true. If we hit cancel, it should return false. So we've got. It should, should reject, re- sorry, it should reject resolve to, to true Thank or you. reject Thank to you. false. Okay. So let's say I click, uh, let's do the, the hard one. I'll, so I start practicing it. If I hit cancel, it's going to reject to false. So we have original promise dot then okay. says if I'm going to reject, I'm going to do this function original error. And it's going to console dot log the mm-hmm. original promise rejected with and the original error should say false. Then I'm not exactly yes. sure how. Oh, yeah. So but then. Change, because that has now executed, now those two values are going to get, uh, or that value, that one value is going to re- get uh, rejected to chain promise, thrown. Thrown? In this case, we're throwing it, right? The line is okay, literally so thrown new error. The thrown error is going to go into chain promise as the uh, second argument, right? As a, as a, as a, a reject. Yep. And so that means when we look at chain promise yep. then, since it's going to reject, it should say console.log, the chain promise rejected with false. No, a new error. A new error. What we throw is what goes into the second promise. The chained promises outcome is determined by oh, what gets thrown. Oh, okay, or okay, got you. I thought it was kind of boring the way I was reading it. Okay, good. So, so it's the the original promise rejects. So it it throws the new error, a new error over to change promise. So chained promise then its second uh, argument, which is the rejection, is the chained error. So it'll say the chained promise mm-hmm. rejected with a new error. Correct. I so do. do you want to go ahead and I hit cancel? I desperately do. I'm going to release the Kraken. And I see the original promise rejected with false, which is what I thought, and the chained promise rejected with error, error, a new error. So it it, uh, it threw the new error. So they both it went. threw the new error. Now. In order. They both went. Now, if you copy all three of those commands again, okay. unfortunately, um, or you can cheat... And if you go one code snippet down that I'm going to talk about in the moment, if you copy and paste that, it does all three in one. And then click the other button, you'll see that it does the other. Uh, let's see. Oh, you stuck them all together? Okay. I stuck them all together. Let me go grab that whole thing. Couldn't I have up arrowed? Probably. But I guess you could have up arrowed three times, but on, on, on Safari, it will actually go into the multi-line okay. pastes. And then you're up arrowing forever and ever all and right. ever. All right, so I got true and... New data, and now it doesn't say error, it just says new data, because new data was the chain promise resolves with chain data, and chain data should have been I am new data from the resolve callback for original promise. Yeah, and actually, instead of being I am new data, I realized that in my second version, I uh, yeah, there to you go. new data. <laughs> okay, so... The, you see the rippling and you see how the dot then controls the values that either resolve or reject into the next promise. So the when is controlled by the first promise. The, when the first promise resolves, that will cause dot then to execute, which will cause the next promise down the line to resolve or reject, which will cause if it has a dot then they'll fire. And you can see how this could ripple down, 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 down. Yeah, and it did, and you could see and by the output that it did them in order. The, exactly, and it always will. 
It will always, always, always go in order because they're they're chained to each other. And this is what's so different to callback hell. We we are guaranteed of the order when we use promises. So we're like in complete this. control as opposed to what appears to be random. We are in complete <laughs> control. Yeah. So it is asynchronous. We don't know when it's going to kick off, but when it kicks off, we know the order of things. And that's really important. Now, in our first example, we, we gave each point in the chain a name. We said the original promise becomes equal to promised confirm. Then we said chained promise becomes equal to original promise dot then. And then we said chained promise dot then. Right. We don't have to give each of them names. We can just connect all the dot thens to each other. And that's what you will normally see oh, in I liked the real it that world. Way. Unless you I have a reason it. to... Well, no, you can do it that way, but unless you actually ever plan to use those variable names again, why bother giving so them a variable? So that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so in... Oh, but then by all means, build them up name by name, and then when you're done, optionally decide whether or not you want to connect okay. them together. But you, I, th- I think you'll find that once you do a few of these, because it's sensible, you'll find that you don't need to give the intermediate steps names. And if you're Googling, you will see... Dot then, dot then, dot then, dot then. So you will see the collapsed version like I'm about to show you all over the place when you Google for something. When you when you Google for how do I do blah, blah, blah with promises, I promise you, if you'll excuse the terrible intentional pun, um, that you're going to see what I'm about to show you here, which is just dot then, dot okay, then, well, dot we'll then. We'll see if then. I can keep up when you get rid of all those nice, long, descriptive names that I'm so fond of. Okay. Well, what you're likely to see in the real world is something of the form, something that makes a promise, so in this case, promised confirm, dot then, callback, comma, callback, dot then, callback, comma, callback. Hmm. So, promised confirm returns a promise. Dot then returns a promise... Which is the which is what's to the left of the second yeah, dot yeah. then. So it is still promises rippling down. We just haven't named them. It's anonymous promise the first, creating anonymous promise the second. Okay, and I guess, I guess if you had ten, and you just chain you them together, to do that'd be pretty tedious to keep writing it out. As long as you just do this, then do this, wouldn't then it? Do just this, then do this, then do that. Notice mm-hmm. how Englishy it is. Dot then. Dot then. And it's in lockstep, right? This thing will happen, and then this thing will happen, and then this thing will happen. Right. It's actually, because it's a more recent API, it's actually quite nice. So if we copy and paste that snippet, you'll see that it behaves exactly as as the previous one did. And you can cancel or you can um, OK to get whichever behavior you prefer. And it does the same thing. Yeah. Now... I told you that the two callbacks are treated the same. If either of them returns true, then the chained promise resolves. Sorry, let me say that again. If either of them returns anything, the chained promise resolves to that thing. If either of them throw an error... The change promise rejects. So you don't have to go from resolved to resolved or rejected to rejected. You can 
turn success into failure <laughs> or failure into success. And you might say, well, Bart, why would you do that? It's, I am not aware of why you would want to turn mm-hmm. success into failure. But I'm very aware of the opposite. Let's imagine a situation where you're trying to, you want to show someone the current time and you'd like as a courtesy to show them, say, their local time zone based on their IP address or something. Or maybe you'd like to show them the name of something in their language based on their IP address or something. So you've paid someone to give you a geolocation service and it has a nice little HTTP API. So you do a promise to an Ajax call and it fails. The geolocation fails. Maybe the person's IP address isn't in the database. Well, you don't have to, you know, go all auga auga. You just take a default and say, well, look, I would have liked to show you, you know, instead of Brussels, Bruxelles or something. But what the hey, it, the, the, the lookup fails. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to return EN as a language and print out Brussels. Okay. That's not so bad. So the first promise would reject and you would then return your default. And the next promise in the chain now has a value. So, so once one of the uh, promises in the chain gets a reject, does it, is it rejections all the way down? Or did you, were you just saying that rejection nope. could turn into no, no. success? Yeah, I'm saying, okay, so at each point in the chain, each dot then can transform from okay. from okay. success okay. Right, right, to right. not success. Yeah. Each one has that ability all the way down. And I'm saying a very common reason to use that ability is to switch to a default value. I tried to look something up via Ajax. I didn't get an answer. So instead of just going, oh, well, sod it, I'm just going to use a default value. It's suboptimal, but it's better than throwing my hands in the air and running away. So in that case, your rejected callback returns your default, which means the next promise in the chain resolves to your default. Yeah. And things can continue. So let's see that in action. Again, I didn't write out all the variable names because that's tedious. So we're doing the dot then mm-hmm. dot then thing. So we have, we call promise confirm and then we say dot then and we log original promise resolved with and then we return the original value completely hmm. unchanged. Okay. So we log what we got and we just okay. pass it through. In the other one though, so in the second callback, the one that happens when things go horribly wrong, we log original promise rejected with whatever we got, return hmm. true, hmm. which is a new value, right? So the original one, so it would have initially failed and we're now returning true. And then we just do a dot then and we log, and in there we just console.log chained promise resolved with and chained promise rejected with so we can see what happened. So if we copy and paste so, that, I, I, let me. Can I see we get if our I'm little pop-up? Following this, so so in this case, you're saying, sure. well, so the first one's gonna if it fails, it just returns true instead of the rejected value. But then in the end, in your then, you're gonna go back Correct. to showing us the rejected value. Well, it, I mean, technically speaking, that second callback is pointless, right? Because both of it can never happen. To be honest, I oh, could because have left you return true, it has to go to the resolved uh, callback. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I hummed and hawed about whether I should leave out 
the second callback, whether that would be more or less confusing or just draw your attention I to it. I think it helped to, to have it in there so that I would go, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you click OK, what you would expect to see is original promise resolved with true, change promise resolved with true, because you're just passing 18 right. through, right? Your first callback says return what I got in. Right. And it does. Now, when you do it again and hit cancel, we get original promise rejected with false, chained promise resolved okay. with true. So we have turned okay. failure into success. Liar. <laughs> so you can do that. Okay. I need to give you another piece of information. What happens... If I don't bother, remember we said last time that the arguments dot then right. were optional? What happens if I don't give one and I put them in a chain? Does the value just evaporate? The answer is it just passes okay. through. So that means that if the, if the if, let's say you only give a resolved callback, you don't give a rejected callback. Well then, if it re if the if the original promise rejects, the chained promise will also reject with exactly the same error. It just passes you're, through. You're talking about in a case where all of your chains have no uh, reject option. No, I'm not saying all. I'm saying at any one okay. hop in the chain. I'm only ever talking okay. about one hop in the chain, right? So at any one hop in the chain, if you omit one of the two, if one of the two callbacks, just don't you know set it to undefined or whatever just you know don't give a success which is a weird thing to do or don't give a failure which is a very common thing to do so so don't give a yeah. let's just stick to okay. don't give a rejected the error just goes clean through so the next promise in the chain receives the same error that the, so change promise also rejects with exactly the same error that original okay. promise rejected okay with. and it'll stay rejected well, unless you well, unless you it'll say it, rejected, so it, take the uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. No, no, but I'm saying you don't specify a callback, right? But I'm saying in the case where there is no callback because you didn't pass okay. one, then the behavior is to just pass through whatever oh, so you, you got here. You can't hit, change it to true rather than evaporate. You can't grasp victory from the jaws of defeat. Unless you provide a callback, you can't, yeah. Okay. I'm saying, so if you don't provide a callback, what does JavaScript do? It has to do something. Does it make the value, does, does it somehow make the value vanish? Well, that's not sensible. The only sensible thing to do is just to pass on the, you. whatever you got okay. in. Huh. So basically, it does the sensible thing. I'm making a terrible <laughs> meal of saying it does the sensible thing. If you leave out a callback, okay. it just passes through. By not putting in a callback, you're basically saying right. no change. I have no opinion. So JavaScript responds by just passing it through. It's like, okay, then I won't change it. I'll just hand it on to the next one in the chain exactly like do I got it. Do you have any practical examples in your so head? So this is really would, convenient. Why you would ever do that? Ah, and okay. Most of the time, you only actually care about the final answer, right? So imagine a situation where you need to render a mustache template. So you need to make an Ajax call to fetch the template and an Ajax call to fetch some data to use in your view. That's two Ajax calls. So mm -hmm. you put them in a promise chain. You don't really care which of those two went wrong. 
So in the first one, don't bother with a, a rejected callback. Let it flow through to the second one, at which point if it rejected, then we just put an error on the screen, fail to load template. Right? It doesn't matter whether it was a template or the data that went wrong. The end user just needs to be told sad face. Hmm. Okay. Right? So you just let all the errors ripple through to the end of the chain. And at the end of the chain, you update your UI to say, I'm sorry, I failed. Okay. Now, if you want to, you could have a different error message in each case, in which case you would have different put, callbacks. you know, you'd had your callback every point in the chain and do something different at every point in the chain, but you don't Okay, so maybe for to. you, the developer, trying to figure out where it went wrong, you might want to do that. <laughs> but the user doesn't actually care. They're just like, you failed. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And if you only have two callbacks, maybe it's not too much effort to put a different error message in each one. But if you have a chain of 10 callbacks or something, let's say that your UI needs 10 different mustache templates to render all the bits of it, you, you don't actually care. Right, right. Right. You're just going to dot then, dot then, dot then, dot then. And at the very, very end, the last dot then, you throw in both callbacks and deal with, yeah, something went wrong somewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes sense? Perfect. So, there's the next thing to say then is that you really, 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 really should always, always catch rejections on the end of your chain. Hmm. Don't let it, don't, don't let the last link in the chain have no okay. second callback. That's called an unhandled rejection. So it's not an unhandled rejection if it's early on in the in the chain or in the middle of the chain. It's only unhandled if it's you'd never dealt with it. So don't be in denial. Precisely. If it falls all the way off the end of the chain, then you've not handled it. And depending on where you're using JavaScript, that could be a catastrophe or just a minor inconvenience. Browsers are very forgiving places. The browser will just write a little note into the console to say unhandled promise rejection and tell you what the error was that you never got around to handling. If you do it in Node.js, it now tells you Unhandled promise rejection. Promise rejections are de- unhandled promise rejections are deprecated. Future versions of Node will not allow mm. this. Basically, you will crash your server mm. if you do this in the future. I'm letting you away with it now, but if you keep this bad behavior <laughs> up, I'm going to punish you in a future update. Well, not to mention to the user isn't looking at the console. The user is just looking at it, nothing happened. Maybe right. Exactly. Yes, it's just very impolite. <laughs> Never. So the way it would appear to the user, you probably put up a spinner when you started the promise chain, and then you never handle the rejection. So that spinner now stays there forever. We've all been there, and that would be a very, very poor UI. So don't don't have unhandled rejections. It's just not nice. <laughs> so at the end of your chain, the last element in your chain, you really do need to deal with rejection either by shoving a dot catch onto the very very end after all your dot thens or by having your last dot then have two arguments take your pick it makes no difference now i have one more one more piece of information to impart to you you can promise a promise okay so we have been saying that you can return a thing. And so we have returned true. We have returned the string, I am new data. 
we could also return a promise. Then what happens? Wait, you're saying dot then can return What happens a is that the chain... Yes, dot then can... No, no. The callback can return a promise, which means that dot then is returning oh, a promise to a promise. This is starting to hurt. Okay. Nah, it doesn't hurt because JavaScript has your back. JavaScript, without you doing anything, effectively transforms the chained promise into the one you returned. So if you return a promise, it becomes the chained promise. Hmm. Now, there's a whole bunch of magic in there to make that possible. But the point is, you as the developer, when you return a promise, it just becomes the chained promise. The chained promise becomes the promise you returned. That bothers me a little bit, but and this is how I believe you. This is how you can have one AJAX request chained to another, because when you say $.ajax, you get back a promise. So if you return that, then you can connect two AJAX requests together. Don't worry, I'm going to cement okay, this with good, a practical Because right example, now it sort of sounds like real the same thing, promise. so I, I'm not getting what it is that's different than where we were, but okay, good. Basically, you can return a promise to a promise and the universe won't implode. JavaScript will behave sensibly, is okay. actually the bottom line. Because if JavaScript didn't handle it for you, it'd be weird. But it does, <laughs> so it's fine. I won't worry my pretty little head about it. Precisely. So, to recapitulate the key points before we go into our practical example, and the practical example, by the way, is where okay. we finish for the day. So... Nothing new from here on in, but I'm going to restate it so that we focus on what's really important. So the resolution or rejection of each promise in the chain triggers the execution of the next set of callbacks. And that in turn triggers the resolution or rejection of the next promise. So original promise resolves or rejects. That makes dot then happen. So one of the two callbacks will run and that resolves or rejects the the chained promise. And the chained promise is the original promise to the next one down, and it just ripple, 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 ripple. Okay. I'm hoping I haven't confused no, you by no, restating it. Okay, good. The fate of the next promise in the chain is determined by the behavior of the callbacks to dot then. Doesn't matter which one. Whichever one it is, if it returns something, then the chained promise resolves to that something. If it throws an error, the chained promise rejects to that right. thrown error. This means that the value rippling down through the chain can be altered by each link right. in the chain. Because the callbacks get to decide what gets returned or thrown. So they get to alter the value. So when you start at the top, the value might be one thing. And by the time you get to the bottom of the chain, the value will be something completely different. And that's literally the point of the exercise is that you're transforming the value as you go. Um, You can turn success into failure or failure into success. You should, if you don't handle something, it gets passed on to the next link in the chain unaltered. And you should always handle rejection at the very, very end of your chain. Unhandled rejections are just not nice. Otherwise you're having an unresolved... (laughs) They're just not nice, precisely. And it's okay to return a promise from within the callback. So you say. That will work fine. Now, 
I'm going to try to tie this together for you with a really practical example. We're going to, I'm going to describe a problem mm-hmm. to be solved, and then okay. we're going to solve it. What I would like to do is display to the user of our webpage the current weather in their location. And to do that, I'm going to make use of two APIs that are available over HTTP. The first of them is called ip-api.com, and it's a free-to-use geolocation API. It turns an IP address into a whole bunch of JSON data, and that JSON data includes your current city. In fact, there's a sample of what happens if you ask it to resolve an IP address that happens to be my IP address of bartb.ie. I can tell you that my server Hmm. is in Amsterdam, which is very nice for my server. So you can see the results there in the show notes. So uh, city, Amsterdam, country, Netherlands, country code NL. The ISP is DigitalOcean because Mm -hmm. that's who hosts my website. Even has a guess at latitude and longitude, what IP address I queried, lots of stuff there. What matters to us is two things. The returned JSON contains a key value pair where the key is city and the value is really important to us because that's where we want the weather for. It also contains the key status, the value of which had better be success because otherwise something went wrong. Okay. Okay. So we're going to make an Ajax call to this API. If you give the API no arguments, it looks it uses the IP address of your web browser and then gives you the geolocation for your web browser. So that's okay. how this is going to work. So with that, we now have how to get what city am I in? The next question is, what is the weather in blah city? There's another free-to-use API. It's called... Just take weather and take all the vowels and throw them away. WTTR dot in, which I think is a very nice use of a TLD. So it's basically weather dot in, but with the vowels missing. Um, and you basically say forward slash name of city. And then in order to get a one line output instead of a giant big massive glop, you say question mark format equals three. So you pass it the parameter format with the value three. So if you, you can do it in your browser. If you pop into your browser, HTTP colon slash slash WTTR.in forward slash Manuth question mark format equals three. Oh, you three, don't write the word I mean. city. You write in the name of the. Uh... Yeah. So you replace the word city with. Okay. Los Angeles, New York, right, My server's Manuth, in Provo, Paris, Utah, Amsterdam. So that's what I'm going to put in. It's 79 degrees okay. where my server is. Good okay. for your server. Uh, Manuth, not so warm. Let me see what it is right now. The second, it's usually. It, I bet you it's going to be a lot colder than that. Um, and does it uh, do it in Fahrenheit for you too? Ten or degrees. Did it do it in C. Ah, okay. We're about to get to that. So by default, the API will use Celsius unless your browser sent it an HTTP header of a locale ENUS. Okay. ENUS get Fahrenheit, the rest of planet Earth get Celsius, which is why you got Fahrenheit. You can force it not to do that by sticking ampersand U on the end of the domain to force Fahrenheit or ampersand 
uh, M for metric to force and then a colon after that. No, sorry, the colon is oh. just the colon oh, okay, isn't in the code snippet. The colon is just ah, me ending. Okay. It's my punctuation. Perhaps not the world's best choice of punctuation. So if you want to see me and if I want to see me in Fahrenheit, I'll just end it with an ampersand U. And I'll do so mine in ampersand M now. It's twenty six C in Provo. Okay. It's more than twice as warm. I'm That's sorry. not right. Well, I'm not even there. I can't apologize. Fifty for Fahrenheit. Okay. Well, it's 50 Fahrenheit here, or 10 degrees Celsius. Anyway, we have a way of getting the weather given a city. Now, this made me really, really happy. And then, because you can use it from the command line with curl, you can use it in your browser. Because they, I would say misconfigured, but maybe they meant to do it this way. They don't set the HTTP header that says cross-site scripting Ah. is okay. So you can't use it Ah. from Ajax. Ah, no, no. I have come to your rescue. You will notice there's a second file in the zip file, which has the cryptic, until this point in time, name wttr.in.proxy.php. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what is that? That is a PHP script which executes basically a command line HTTP lookup and it will look up whatever city you pass as a parameter to that PHP file. In other words, it lets us do Ajax because this file is sitting right next to our file. So same domain, they're right in the same folder. So this way we get to do the weather without Ajax going all cranky. Purely because I think it's fun to show you things Mm -hmm. and this is really simple. The entire content of that file and is 10 lines long. Three of them are comments and two of them are spaces lines. It's actually four. Yeah. And the first line is actually just the <laughs> yeah, enable so PHP line. Yeah. So the only thing I really want to draw your attention to is that PHP and JavaScript aren't a million miles apart because they're both inspired by C. So header open parens quote content type colon text slash plain close quote, close parens, semicolon. That could be JavaScript. It's a function named header, which takes one argument, which is a string. Now, what's different to JavaScript is that the the comment character is pound sign, octothorpe, hash, whatever we're calling it today, as opposed to forward slash, forward slash. Although, to be honest, forward slash, forward slash will actually work in PHP because it's very Mm. very forgiving in that way. The only other thing to notice is that in in JavaScript, if I take two strings and shove them together, I use the plus symbol. In PHP, I use Hmm. the period symbol. So line six says $URL becomes equal to the string HTTP colon slash slash WTTR.in concatenated with URL and code, the request variable city. Hmm. Concatenated with question mark format equals three. Okay. So dot instead of plus okay. to stick strings together. And the other thing is that in PHP, every variable has to start ah, with a dollar. Okay. If it is a variable, it begins with a dollar. If it does not begin with a dollar, it is not a variable. Which actually makes your code a lot easier to read. Yeah, this is this is clean. It's clean. And that is the sum total of what that proxy does. It basically builds a new URL based on the parameters it received mm-hmm. in its query string. 
and then it uses file underscore get contents, which is a PHP function, which despite its name is perfectly happy to mm-hmm. go fetch a URL. And then it returns it back. It just echoes what it got back okay. from that URL. It really is just doing exactly what you want to do, but it's doing it as if it was a command line script and therefore no Ajax in the way. And because this file is sitting right next to our HTML file, no same origin in our way. So, hey, presto, we squared the circle. We can have our I weather in each. you realizing this wasn't going to work, what you wanted to do, saying a couple of non-Girl Scout safe words and going, wait a minute, I could show them something neato. There was a five-minute gap between those two things, but they happened very much like you described. There were some non-Boy Scout safe words. I decided, no, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. In the time it took my coffee to brew, my my light bulb went ping. And then I sat down to my desk. I googled PHP set content type, copied and pasted the header bit, PHP fetch URL... (laughs) copied and pasted file underscore get contents boat from Stack Overflow and hey presto five minutes later thereby also proving one of the strongest tools in the toolbox that you've given us is walk away oh yeah especially when it's going wrong oh yeah no no never walk away when it's going right don't keep coding until everything goes wrong (laughs) yes exactly and when it goes wrong when you're you're about to take your head and stick it through your keyboard go make a cup of coffee or tea or Coke, or water, something. Right. Just Maybe go, go to bed. That's what I do and often. Inspiration I wake is very up going, to oh, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh. Shower. Amazing the amount of times I'll be in the shower and my brain randomly goes, <laughs> X equals four. Ah, yes, Shower's that was the answer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so that file exists. Now that's PHP code, which means the browser can't execute it, which means we need ourselves a web server which is why we need to run this example okay. through MAMP. Now, MAMP does PHP, so we don't have to do anything else. We just copy and paste the whole folder into MAMP, and it'll just work. Copy the whole folder into MAMP. Okay, I put uh, so I put this whole lesson inside my MAMP folder. Am I okay? And I'm running, and MAMP, the servers Perfect. are running. Exactly. So then you've got a local host in Safari, you've got a PBS oh. ADA, and okay, then everything will just work I can't fine. Be du- I can't be double-clicking. Okay, no, you so can't. You've got to actually PBS get the 80, HTTP. Give us the HTML, and now it says localhost. All right? Okay. Okay, so now you're ready to go to deal with the fact that WTTOR.in so I don't have to. I don't have to so paste that, that code problem. in anywhere. It just goes. You don't have to paste the code because the file, as long as that WTTOR.in.proxy.php is sitting in the same folder as that okay, HTML file, okay. you're golden. Okay, so again, PBS ATA already contains the needed utility variables. Shockingly uh, complicated. Var default underscore city becomes equal to Brussels. Var geolocation URL becomes equal to HTTP colon slash ip.api.com forward slash JSON. Var weather underscore URL becomes equal to dot slash wttr.in.proxy.php semicolon. In other words, the relative URL to that PHP file. Then we have two promises we're setting to null for now. City promise and weather promise. I'm hoping you approve of my naming. I then also created another function because I didn't want to have modal dialogues. That's a bit rude. So I made another function called output message which takes two arguments, a message and a theme. 
The theme is either text for plain text, console for fixed width text, warning for a warning message, and error for an error message. So you can copy and paste the four examples that are not yet properly marked up as being code in my blog post, but they will Ah, be when the viewers see. see this. Okay. So if you copy and paste those one by one, you'll see what happens. The output area... Uh, okay, it's important that I fix that because WordPress has put in backwards quotation oh, marks, so okay. you're going to have to fix those, so which is why I just be... errored out at you because it's not inside a pre-tag. So WordPress went, I'll change your quotation marks uh, to these okay. weirdo things. This is why we now do it this way. So if you fix... Right. Okay, so yeah. you both. So they need to be... Okay, the... so once you fix those, you'll see the first example that puts out in plain text, just so you know, I heart cake. And I really do. The second one just puts out the command, the, sorry, the terminal command to get the weather in Dublin. Curl, HTTP colon slash WTTR.in slash Dublin. Just cause. Yes. Sorry. It's taking me a long time to take um, all... Uh, sorry, I, I forgot to turn off the noise on my Mac and my darling beloved just instant messaged me going, <laughs> how go promises? Um... There's a warning message which you give it in yellow and then there's an error message which you give it in red. It's basically a way of us giving output in the output okay. area. Nothing fancy. And in case you're curious, there are bootstrap alerts with the ah. dismiss button. It's taking me a long time to take all the quotes out. So I was busy doing the... Oh. I know, yeah. It's not. It's really not worth your effort. The, list, the listeners can copy and paste when I fix it. But really, it it'll go yellow because it's going to use text dash or alert dash data dash warning and red because it'll be alert dash okay danger so the it's the bootstrap. output message by the way for uh curl the weather in uh dublin did not uh it actually wrote curl quote hev colon is that what it was supposed yes. to do yes it's it's show okay so the string you pass is what gets printed it is showing you the terminal commands ah. to get the weather in Dublin. Oh, I get you. So if you, you copy and paste that into your terminal, okay. you'll get the weather in Dublin. Because curl gotcha. does an HTTP request, curl rocks. Okay, there are our pieces. Let us now build a promise chain to get a city and get its weather. We're going to build it up piece by piece because that's more obvious. And at the very end, we'll smash it into a chain. But for now, we're going to build it little by little. So city promise becomes equal to $.ajax, which is a function that returns a promise. We are passing it URL colon, our location URL, method get data type JSON. And immediately we do a dot then because... We only care, right? So we know that that's going to return a massive big JSON object with way more information than we need. So we immediately do a dot then to transform that big JSON object into what we actually care about, which is a city. All we want is okay, a can city. I, can I stop you real quick? So, um, so you said city promise by all means. becomes equal to $.ajax, and you said that returns a promise. How do I know that returns a promise? Oh, that's what Ajax does? Got that's what okay. $.ajax okay. does, yes. I mean, it felt like it, but I don't know that we... Basically, because the docs tell you so, is how you know. So we're going to dot then on that. So you can say that we're actually 
we're making a mini chain here because we're immediately mm-hmm. calling dot then. So you can argue that we actually have two yeah. promises here already. Dollar dot Ajax returns a promise, and then we do a dot then. So arguably, city promise is actually the end result of a small yeah. mini chain. So inside our dot then, we have two callbacks. So what do we do when everything goes well? For completeness, we console.log received the following data from the geolocation API. I'm putting that in there so that we can see this building up in real time, mm-hmm. so we understand what it's doing. In reality, you wouldn't bother your backside with that, okay. but we're going to. Then we make sure that we got a success. So we saw in the sample output that one of the key value pairs is is status. And when things go well, the value for status okay. was success. So that's why we say if data.success not equal to success, we console.log failed to geolocate, defaulting to default city. And then we return default city. So even though the API failed us, we're going to become Brussels. Can I stop you with another dumb question? Uh, We haven't told it the city anywhere. Right, the whole point of this is it's well, up to get. What city is it going to go get? So, when you go to that URL, the geolocation URL, it returns the city for the IP oh, okay. that, that asked that the I question. Didn't know. So your okay. browser's IP. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Um. Okay, so if we don't get an answer, if sorry, if we get back some AJAX, so in other words, the HTTP response has worked. We got a two hundred mm-hmm. OK. But the data is a JSON object that doesn't say status colon success. Then we have a successful call to no data. So that is a failure a of a kind. Successful right? call to no data. So we return right. default city. Successful call to no data is a failure. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So we're returning our default city to deal right. with that eventuality. If that happened, this function has now ceased to do anything because we right. just hit a return. So the next lines only execute, assuming we actually got a genuine oh, we answer. We got a genuine answer both both ways, because we returned. Sorry, when I say genuine, I mean one with a status of success. Um, we got an answer, and I'm happy with it because the status but is wait a success. Minute. Don't don't we also? Oh, sorry, that's no, me no, just no. picking but my if, words poorly. If we if we didn't get success, we return default city, so we can keep going on a failure too, can we? No. Because we hit return here, so the function stops, right? We've hit a return, so the function is now finished. Hmm. Okay. So, in other words, if the Ajax object, right, the Ajax object we got back has a key named status, if the value inside that key was anything except success, return default city. Anything except success, right? Anything except success. In other words, if we got a 200 OK to... Effectively, if the server successfully said, I don't know, return okay. default city. If that didn't happen, the code keeps executing because we don't hit that return, right? That if statement did not happen, so we don't hit that return on line 12, okay. we keep That executing. makes sense in the code, but I don't see where we're going then. So keep going with the rest of it then. So assuming we did get... Okay, so that means that what we got back was an actual object describing the actual location mm-hmm. of our IP address. So the answer we want is in data.city. So we log it so we can see console.log successfully geolocated to mm-hmm. data.city return data.city. Where where did you get data.city? Oh, because it's called city, but that's part of the, that's in the data file. That's the, the value. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, so the yeah. name value yeah. pair. So the name of the name value pair is city and the value Provo. is Okay. All right. Whatever it is. Pro yeah. So we return what we what mm -hmm. we actually wanted. So city promise is always going to resolve to okay. Sorry, we still have the rejected mm -hmm. callback to look at. The rejected callback does exactly what you would think. It says failed to geolocate with error. And then it console.logs all that. And then it says return default city. So we convert failure to success. So if the server, if $AJAX successfully says, I don't know, default. If, if the AJAX call fails completely, default. Only if we got a successful answer that's not, I don't know, do we actually return okay. data.city. Which is what's going to happen almost always, okay. thank goodness. But we've handled both types of it going wrong. Either it actually went completely wrong and the server never answered. That's like wrong, wrong. That's promise rejected wrong. Or the promise didn't reject, it resolved, but it resolved with the server successfully telling you it has no idea right, what you're talking right. about. So, They're the two types of error, and we've dealt with both of so them. we only have one dot then in this? No, we have two. No, we have two. So far. We have two. City.promise.then, and then we have a dot then. Uh, so Did far I, in this oh, code snippet, there's only one dot I changed my font then. size because I was having trouble reading it, so maybe I just jumped to the wrong one. Okay. I did. So we haven't gone very far in our chain, right? City promise contains a promise that when it resolves, will always resolve to a city. No matter what happens with that Ajax call, city promise will always resolve either to the default city or to the actual okay. city you're in. But that's, it will always what, resolve because we've made you, sure of that because both of our callbacks... That's what I thought you were doing earlier, but I, I see what you meant while you were stopping me and saying, no, but I've returned uh, default city. But that will go in exactly. as the city if that's where we went. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what we know now... So if you, you can copy and paste that in. We go ahead and copy and paste. Get that locked in into our console. Okay. Again, you're going to get no output. Oh, sorry, you are going to get output because the Ajax call will do something. So you should hopefully see successfully geolocated to, in mm -hmm. my case, this is Dublin, which is close, but I guess that's where my mm -hmm. ISP is based. Uh, you'll also see above that the console.log well, that logs the entire Ajax object. So if you expand the little triangle next to that, you'll see all the data that came back from the server. And you'll see that you have a name value pair where the name is city and the value oh, yeah, is whatever yeah. yours is. And, and you'll see that you have a name value pair where the name is status and the value is success. Yes. Yeah. Which is data.status and data.city. Yeah. Because we named our first argument data on line six. Right. All yeah. the pieces yeah. connected? Okay. So that promise exists, has the name city promise, and actually it has already resolved. But again, it exists forever because it's the opposite of ephemeral. Whatever the hell that is. Some listeners, what is the opposite of ephemeral? Because I, I can't keep saying it's the opposite of ephemeral. So that what is isn't it? No, maybe not. <laughs> Cemented. Yeah, yeah, It's not eternal. Mm -hmm. That sounds wrong. Persistent. persistent. Anyway, no, doesn't no, no. matter. Persistent. It hangs about. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with persistent. I, I, my, my brain says it's not quite right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So that promise exists and it will keep existing until we refresh this page. 
So we now we now have a promise to our city, but we now want to get the weather. So the next thing we do is we try get a weather promise. So we say weather promise becomes equal to city promise dot then. <clears throat> Excuse me. I resolved callback first, and I have named the first argument city because that's what it is. It's a promise to a city, so I'm going to call it city. Now, return dollar dot ajax. We're returning right. a promise, and I told okay. you that was perfectly fine. So, the outcome of this so weather promise becomes effectively weather promise becomes this Ajax promise. So if you return a promise, the change promise becomes okay. the promise you returned. So weather promise F becomes this $.Ajax promise because we're returning a promise. Right. Okay. So what's in our Ajax? What's here? So URL, weather URL, method, get, data type, text. Uh, we're passing it some parameters, city, colon, city, the name value pairs, city gets the value city, units, C, you are perfectly welcome to change that to a U, sorry, an F, for Fahrenheit if you like, okay. but I'm using C. And then we're immediately doing a dot then. So again, we have the, we have a sort of a mini, we have a, a mini chain here, dollar dot Ajax, and then immediately we're dot thening it because we actually want to process the results. So we're saying console.log successfully fetched the following weather. And then we're just outputting it. And then we're just passing it straight back out again. So return data. So we called it data when we got it in and we're calling it data when we spit it back out. So in other words, the only thing that this resolved callback does is tell us what it got. It's just doing a console.log and then passing exactly the same information right. it got in. The next callback does exactly the same thing when things go horribly wrong. Console.log failed to get weather for the city, whatever it was, with error, whatever it was. Throw the thing we got originally. Well, throw error, which is the thing we got. Yeah, right. which okay. is what I named. Yeah. Now, I have a comment on line 22. This dot then doesn't have a second callback because we know that city is always going to be resolved because we dealt with that when we were right. building our city promise. So there's no point in saying, what do we do if we didn't have a city? It doesn't matter. We're, we know we had a city because we made, we made sure that was the case. So that's why there's no reject callback for city.promise.then. Yeah. Where do we ever... No, 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 no. I could no, put it in, it would just never expect. execute. Where did we ever just call it city? We had city come back, but, or we had default city come back be returned where did we ever okay. turn that into city? so city promise dot then we're saying that whatever city promise resolved to at line two we decide what we call it inside the resolved callback so when it says function city so we that's called saying, it city but that's on saying, line two so when we say function parentheses city that's saying whatever city dot promise dot then resolve to shove it into the variable city okay Bingo. And I thought mm -hmm. that was a good name to give it because that's yeah. what the promise was for. I like that one. Okay. Okay. So at this point in time, weather promise, whenever it gets around to resolving, will resolve to the weather for our chosen city or 
it will reject with an error saying fail to get weather mm-hmm. for the city. Now, at this point in time, we haven't yet said, okay, fine, what do we want to show the user? So we have one more dot then to do. Uh, oh, we, we should copy and paste this big blob of code into our terminal okay. so that it has this. And again, because city promise hangs about forever, it doesn't matter that we just spent the last 10 minutes yakking. City promise is still sitting <laughs> yeah. there waiting. Yeah. So you should see that relatively quickly because the API, you know, the web server is quite quick. We should say successfully fetch the following weather. In my case, it says Dublin plus nine degrees Celsius and showers. Oh, it's gotten a degree uh, colder since we did this. Mine came back in Fahrenheit and I did not change units to to F. Interesting. Then what that means is that... It automatically changed it to be the units of F. Yeah, okay, so obviously it's the API on their end, on the back end, is being Whatever. very aggressive about giving Americans Fahrenheit. That's interesting. I might have a go at debugging that before we publish the show okay. notes. I may not. Yeah. Yes, debug it to figure out why it worked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just not expected. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not what I was hoping would happen, but it's not particularly okay. relevant to the example. So at this point in time, notice we have not told the user anything, right? We've console.logged to ourselves so that we can see what's happening, and we wouldn't do that in the real world. But we haven't actually communicated with the user. But that weather promise now exists and will continue to exist forever, so why don't we attach a dot then to make it actually do something useful? So we have our final weather promise dot then... The resolved callback, we're naming the first argument weather, because that's what the weather promise promises. We're saying output message weather comma console. In other words, give me a fixed width output of the weather. And our rejected callback is output message fail to retrieve your weather sad face comma error. So in other words, output to the user either the weather we got or very apologetically say, sorry, no idea what the weather is. If I was snarky, I'd so say look at the window. Different? We're just putting this to the console. No? Oh, output no, no. message? No, no. Output message is writing into the output oh. area. Using the style console, which oh. is fixed width. Have we seen that before? Uh, it was in one of the four examples we ah, didn't copy and paste okay. because the f- okay. quotes were all wrong. By the way, I've, uh, my city has two words in it and put a plus between them. Oh, that's a... I guess we should do a URL decode on that because that's URL Oh, let's encoding. go do some regular expressions right now, Bart. <laughs> yeah, you could call oh. URL decode. It's probably easier. Anyway, we have successfully chained two asynchronous yes. events together. Now, the last code snippet does exactly the same thing, but instead of naming the variables, it does the dot then dot okay. then dot then thing. So if you like, you can copy and paste that whole last snippet. Do the same thing? Now, that last snippet is actually... Sorry, don't copy and paste the whole last snippet. That last snippet does exactly what I just said, but it shoves it into the click handler for the big blue button above the output area. So you can just click the button and you see the don't need to copy that big glop in? No, don't copy that big glop, because then you're just adding a second click handler. Then when you click Ah. the button, you'll get it twice. That worked. Sorry, I should have, I should have realized that's what I had done. I was I was reading too far ahead of my own show notes. 
But yeah, so that's really, really real world. That click handler is how I would write it if I was doing this for real. That's not contrived. That's not arbitrary. That is how I would do it. That does seem to make sense. I I like seeing it both ways, Bart. I like seeing it with the broken down pieces with variable names that I can follow. And then, well, yeah, but you wouldn't write that. You would do it like this. Because it's not nonsense now. It makes sense. Yeah, and so data is flowing through the promise chain, right? So it starts off as a city, and then we convert it to weather, and then we output it to the screen. So as you go through the promise chain, we start off with the yeah, we start off with the city, then it becomes weather, and then it becomes just right. output it, please. So how's this different to callback hell? If we were doing this as callbacks. It wouldn't be a nice chain where everything is at the same level, dot then, dot then, dot then. It would be an Ajax call with a success callback. And inside the success callback would be another Ajax call, which would have another success callback. And then inside the success callback, inside the consess callback, is where we'd have our code for Mm. outputting to the user. Now, that's not horrific when it's two. When that becomes four, your final code is in the success callback, inside the success callback, inside the success callback, inside the success callback. Do you have to have them in the right order too, right? You do. So if you write that out as pseudocode, what you end up with is this kind of pyramid structure you see in the show notes where you have async task one, contains async task two, contains async task three, contains async task Mm -hmm. four, right, all the way down. And you'll notice that the errors are always going to be out of sync because they're going to be the they're not going to be in the same, right? You're going to have a success or an error if it's an Ajax. So the whole thing is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and the errors aren't in line with each other. And what's worse is you have to deal with every error separately because there's no there's no other way. You have to deal with every error. Right. So you're gonna copy and paste, copy and paste, copy that and paste. Bad. It stinks. <laughs> The next bit of pseudocode is exactly the same logic as a promise chain. And we just say dot then, dot then, dot then. And the first two, the first three dot thens, we only bother our backside with one callback. Resolves callback, resolves callback, resolves callback. And then the last one, resolves callback, rejected right, callback. Right. It, well, because... Well, We're done. There are dependencies on some of those. There could be dependencies, right? You couldn't... You couldn't do the get the weather before you asked for the city, could you? Absolutely, which is why they're happening chained one after the other. You're specifying the order you want them in and you're guaranteed to get the order, but it's not inside, 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 inside. It's all in a row. So if you made 20 of these... I get that, but I had said you don't have to put them in the right order. You really do have to put them in the right order in this example. Apologies, I didn't hear you say they're not the right order. Yes, the whole point is we we know the order we need yeah. and we have to specify the order, which is why if we do it the old way, specifying the order involves nesting the success right. callbacks, one inside the other. But with promises, we just chain them together at the same level, so they're right. not nested. Right. They're just. Sequential. I guess I could I could see some and sequential you scale. Could, good. You could, for example, look at this IP thing and say, uh, go over and get and get the city. Go over and get the state. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead and uh, pull up who the person's ISP is. And then assemble it all together. And they could be done in any order. In this particular case, you have to get the city before you can get the weather. Okay. Yes. What you are describing, Alison, is oh, next no. week's problem to be solved. <laughs>
No, no, that's not. No, no. Because we've arrived right, right at the point. We're about to get to my okay. final thought. And by the way, so we're going to have to work a call it so, next time. We are, yes. And I keep doing it. I keep getting I always try to say that because it's always every two weeks or more right. or <laughs> this whatever. This time it's going to be different. But uh, go ahead and do the uh, your your yeah. thoughts here. Yeah. So what we have succeeded in doing here is dealing with asynchronous tasks that have to be performed in series. One, then the other, then the other, then the other. And we've managed to make that an awful lot less hellish than the old way of doing things. But as you alluded to, in the real world, some things can be done in parallel, but maybe something afterwards has to be Mm -hmm. done in series again. A perfect example might be a moustache template. You need five templates and a piece of data. That's six Ajax calls. And only when all six of them have resolved are you then ready to actually Mm -hmm. render your UI. So what you really want in an ideal world is go off in parallel and only when all of these are finished, go on to the next step in the chain. So what you really want is a chain that you can split into multiple parallel chains and recombine at the end into one promise for everything. Okay. And then continue on in series. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense? It definitely does. That's what Uh, we're going to learn how to do next time. So right now we have a chain that goes from a beginning to an end. Next time we can, at any point in the chain, break it out into parallel chains and then reconnect them. Oh, oh, that's fun. And that's very efficient. Yeah, and then that's it. Then we are completely out of callback hell. We have completely freed ourselves. We can now do parallel and series. And as any engineer knows, they're the only two ways to do things. Right? There is no there is no alternative. We're either doing them at the same time or one after the other. And we can then do both. And we can mix and match. Oh, which sounds is fun. So I didn't set you a challenge last time, but I am going to okay. set you a challenge this time. It's not a very diff- I hope it's not a difficult challenge. You can use your game or my game, doesn't matter. Whatever version of the number game we've been playing with you would like to use as your starting point, I would like you to take that version of the game and I would like you to replace the current Ajax call, which contains a success callback, and replace it with a promise. So that way you're actually going to write a promise for the first time. Just one promise, no chaining, nothing okay. too crazy. I'm not just a promise. sure I understand what that means to do. Okay, so right now, your code somewhere says $.ajax, open curly bracket, URL, colon, something, blah, 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 and then it says success, colon, function, and right. then your code. That's the old callback way. The new way would be to say var or const or let... Random number promise become okay. equal to okay. dollar dot ajax URL no success. Right? Then you have a promise. Then you need to get the data out of the promise and into your game. So you need a dot then. Okay. Alright. But it's just one promise, right? I don't need you to it's just mm-hmm. one Ajax query to get a random number. So I'm not making you do dependencies yet. You know, training wheel is still on. I want you to use one promise 
to get one value from Ajax. You know, I actually use two Ajax calls in mind. I wonder if there's a way I can screw it all up by making them chained. I should try that. <laughs> do what are what are the do they need do do they have a relationship no. between them? They, then you I, don't have could to chain I, them. To try to break things. <laughs> if you like, but if there's no relationship, I'm not sure sense, yeah. how yeah. you would even yeah, probably chain not. them. Because they're they're unrelated events. They're, they have nothing okay. to do with each other. I would also like you, in preparation for next time, to ensure that your solution uses at least two mustache templates. I'm glad you're making us do that because I've been saying, yeah, you know, I didn't use any, use any mustaches and I can barely remember what those are. I really should go back and do that. Now you're going to make me, so that's good. I like that. Yeah. Now, at least two. Don't li- If it makes sense to do more than two, use more than two, but at least two because I want to have two things we can okay. do in parallel next time. That sounds, that sounds very good. The By the way, two. I looked up the, the antonym to ephemeral and it's permanent. <laughs> oh, well, that's very boring. Yeah, but sorry for everybody who's already halfway through writing their, their snarky emails to us saying, you moron. Permanent. Yeah. Permanent. I don't want to, Yeah, ephemeral is such a cool sounding yeah. word. I like to use it. Permanent yeah. is just meh. Oh, well. Anyway, there we go. Uh, and that is where, that, that is all I wanted to achieve today. So we have this concept of our promises in chains where causality ripples down through the chain and the action of the callbacks inside dot then determines this what will happen the next promise in the chain will you resolve or will you reject and ripple 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 down the chain we go always in the order we specify no doubt about it and it doesn't matter how quickly or how slowly things resolve or reject they will always be in the right order causality is <laughs> assured you know bert i it is nice when the universe. You, you is nailed like this that. one again. This uh, I understand it. I uh, I think this worked out really well. I do want to say before we go, um, I will be in Chile in two mm-hmm. weeks, so we will not be recording in two weeks. Ooh. We will be recording in four weeks. So you have a little summer vacation. So this is going to be a hard one to remember, I'm afraid. But this is uh, there will be a uh, two week uh, an extra break on this one. Now there may be there may Which be a supplemental. Uh, programming by stealth. So you may get another episode in between, but it will not be with me and Bart. That's just a little crazy mm-hmm. uh, little uh, tease there. Yeah, I, you've already talked to me offline, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to be all just curious. <laughs> don't know. All right, Bart. Well, this was... Uh, yes. Actually, and, uh, mm-hmm. while we're being mysterious, actually not mysterious, the opposite, mm-hmm. while we're teasing people, there is also going to be, for those of you who have been looking forward to it, another uh, Tale oh, of the Trimble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On account of things changed. Yeah, because Apple changed their shell from Bash to ZSH. And so I basically Apple have said in this version of Mac OS, your default is going to become ZSH, but we're allowing you to use Bash. But in future versions of the Mac, Bash will be gone. And they literally say in the help document, we recommend you change your shell now. So I have been a very good boy. And even though I'm not running the beta, even though I'm running Mac OS, whatever the current one is. 14.5, maybe? Mojave. Yes. Everybody's excited about Isn't Catalina. Phew. Now that I can finally Everybody say it, it's about to be Catalina. gone. Catalina. Anyway, so I'm running Mojave, but I already have ZSH enabled because I'm a good boy, and I did it on all of my Macs, wow. cold turkey. 
and I've run into a few problems to which I have found solutions to every one of them. Therefore, that is an episode of Taming and the Tremble, you've already I think. Written, what you've what changes? Blog posts, so you have a lot of the content ready. I, I am writing blog posts as I go because <laughs> otherwise I'll forget. And I'm also, when I go home from work, I'm copying and pasting from my own blog post into my other Macs because I have, I've changed them all to ZSH. So I have to oh, do the right, same thing right. everywhere. All right. Well, this, this is good. So we've yeah, got, so that, uh, got a lot of fun coming. Uh, we will try. I will try to remember after drinking Chilean Malbecs what a promise of a promise is and a then and a chaining and we'll see how that goes for us. May I make a suggestion? Do your homework oh, when you get back. that's rough. Yeah. But that means that the roughness will be gone before we yeah. are on a call together. Yeah, I, I, might, I think I could do that, actually. Yeah, because I... You can badger me over <laughs> Telegram, and we'll work through, we'll work through your, your Malbec hangover. Malbec is so yeah. nice with steak, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good... Com- I love Malbec. All right. Oh, enjoy. Enjoy. Anyway, until then, you'll be happy wine drinking, but everyone else, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.